This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Our world is filled with societal tensions. It seems we find reasons to be at odds with others for any reason. You may be surprised to know that these conflicts are as old as history itself. Join us for today's message as the Apostle Paul gives us the answer to these issues. Today we're going to begin a new series on a subject that's near and dear to my heart, the church. I've entitled it, This Is Us. I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Beloved God and Father, we love you. We love your holy word. We love your faithfulness and your plans for our world. We love everything about you. May our lives communicate over and over and over again that we are people that truly love you with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Amen. Our reading for today is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, beginning at verse 14. For Christ himself has made peace between us Jews and you Gentiles by making us all one people. He's broken down the wall of hostility that used to separate us. By his death, he ended the whole system of Jewish law that excluded the Gentiles. His purpose was to make peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new person from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He's brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, and now to us, Jews, who were near. Now all of us, both Jews and Gentiles, may come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners, your citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Dear friends, what do you think of when you hear the word church? Someone might say, well, I think of a building. It's a nice looking place. Or it's some place you go on a Sunday. We talk about going to church. Others may say, well, I think of a denomination, like I, I go to the Lutheran church. Um, some people have images of the church that really are rather distorted images. The church, for some, is like a gas station. It's where you go to fill up your spiritual gas tank when you're running low, get a good sermon. It keeps you going for the week. For others, the church is like a movie theater, a place that offers some entertainment. For an hour, you can escape and get comfortable seats and leave your problems at the door and come out feeling better than when you went in. For others, the church is like a drugstore where you can fill the prescription that will deal with the pain in your life. For many churches, therapeutic. The church, for I've seen as some, as, as a big box retailer. They see the church as a place that offers the best products in a clean and safe environment for you and your family. Offers great services at a low price, all in one stop. It's a producer of programs for children and young people. 
some see the church in not a very positive light. Uh, there's a book that came out years ago, so they love Jesus, but they don't like his church. Some see it as an afterthought, something that's man-made. But really, we know from reading the Gospels, it's God's idea. John Stott, that evangelical scholar from last century, writes, The church lies at the very center of the eternal purpose of God. It's not a divine afterthought. It's not an accident of history. On the contrary, the church is God's new community. So today I would propose to you that the church is not something you go to, and it's not something to be devalued. It's what you are, if you are in fact in a relationship with Jesus Christ. This past year, a show came on television that was a very surprising blockbuster entitled This Is Us. It's a story about a family looking back at their past as they deal with the present and come to coming to grips with who they are as people within the family. In the New Testament, there's a book that could very well be entitled this same thing, This Is Us. It's a letter written by the Apostle Paul to some Christians who were trying to figure out what it meant to be the church. He tells them in the opening parts of the letter how wonderful it is to be saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. That's what's happened to them. That once they were dead, but now they are alive. But the, in the nitty and gritty of the whole letter itself, there's a, a talk about what it means to be church. He says, I want to talk church with you. He holds up different images for them and says, this is us, you and I, the church. One image he uses in today's passage that was read is, we're family. So now you Gentiles, he says, are no longer strangers and foreigners. You're citizens along with God's holy people. You are members of God's family. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, we become, we inherit brothers and sisters. We're, we're connected to Christ and to each other. An interesting thought to consider is how does one become a member of our earthly family? It's through birth or adoption, right? Well, we enter Christ's family the same way. We remember in John chapter 3, as Jesus talked with the religious man Nicodemus, the importance of being born again, born into the family of God, become a new person in Christ. And we're adopted into that family through baptism. It's a very intimate image when you think about it, a way of describing the church, families. We, as families, would probably die for each other. As a parent, I would die for my kids. Some of us would even admit that we would be willing to kill for each other. Family is where they have to take you in. It's a place you belong. I would imagine that those people that received the letter from Paul sat up straight in their seats when this line was read to them, that they're members of the family, because Jews and Gentiles have a history of not liking each other. A long history of hostility and suspicion. After all, they're different cultures, different backgrounds, different bloodlines, different religious beliefs. At least in the early years, nothing in common, really, when you think about it. 
The only thing they hold in common is their sinfulness and their need for a Savior. And for the only thing they have in common now is their forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And that makes them family. It must have caught them off guard. But you've heard that old adage, uh, blood is thicker than water. Well, God turns that one on its head and says to us in this passage today, water is thicker than blood. The waters of baptism is thicker than blood. Now you're family, he says, and the walls are down. You're no longer Jews and non-Jews, but now you're family in Christ. I kid with my congregation. You're no longer Vikings fans and Packer fans, but now you're family in Christ. You're no longer Republicans and Democrats, but now you are to see yourself as God's family in Christ. No longer black or white or yellow or red or brown, but family, brothers and sisters in Christ. No longer employers and employees, but now your family on equal footing in Christ. No longer Dane or German or Norwegian or Swedish, but family. This is us. We're family, Paul says. As you think about family, you know that there are privileges and there are responsibilities being a part of a family. It's an earthly family. We had family privileges. I had a key to the house. Uh, I knew there. I had a roof over my head and the security of a loving father and mother. The refrigerator was mine to get into and help myself to the food in there. I had my gold enough, a car to drive, the family car. In the same way, in Christ's church, the family, we enjoy some privileges as well. We have one father who we can rest securely in knowing that he loves us all the same. Uh, We belong. Everyone who belongs to Christ belongs to everyone who belongs to Christ. We don't have to go through life uh, facing situations alone. We have a family to lean on. We weep with one another and we rejoice with one another. We are sharers in Christ's promises, the promise of eternal life. The day will come when I'll breathe my last, but I know I will be with him in eternity. I have a place that's been prepared for me. I have forgiveness for my sins. I do not have to live any longer carrying old regrets. I take it to the cross. I have his Holy Spirit working in me, shaping me, molding me, empowering me, being with me. Of course, along with the privileges come the responsibilities. Families, uh, they take care of one another. They honor and respect one another. They serve one another. They love one another. And I know it sounds good on paper, doesn't it? But as you know, it's not always an easy thing to do. There's all kinds of personalities in families, some rather odd and peculiar and difficult to be around. And so we need to do an honest inventory of ourselves as brothers and sisters in the family of God. Because we have the same thing going on there. Anyone in your life getting excluded? 
ignored, written off, treated as a little less? Is everybody getting loved by you? How about the low-income person who, who oftentimes gets overlooked in our society in favor of the ones that uh, are the haves who can give more financially to the church? Uh, how about the shy, introverted person standing on the fringe uh, of the lobby area at church wishing someone would notice that they're there? Kind of hard to talk to. How about the loud, obnoxious one who is inappropriately seeking attention all the time, causing trouble? How about the, the kid who smells funny and is always dirty and wears clothes that aren't very nice and no one wants to sit next to them in school? Will, will anybody want to sit with them in Sunday school? How about you? How about the person struggling with his or her sexual identity? How about the less intelligent student who can't pay attention in class, can't keep up, sometimes acts out? How about the person who votes differently than you at election time? How about that special needs person who can be difficult to communicate with? The, the person in the wheelchair who sometimes is made to feel as if they're invisible. That's what I've been told. Or the person whose body is covered with tattoos and piercings and her hair is strange. Or, or the single who wonders, does anyone care about single people in the church? Everything I hear around here is about the family. Or how about the person whose marriage has failed? Or the addict who struggles to stay sober and keeps on slipping back? How about the person whose theology is a little different than yours, a different slant? You can't come to agreement. And the list goes on and on. These are your brothers and sisters, your family in Christ, creating God's image, redeemed by Jesus Christ at the cross and filled with the Holy Spirit. They're your family, my family. Are they getting our love? How are you doing as a brother and a sister these days? Of course, you've heard the statement that was used in our country, no child left behind. The church's theme must be no child of God left behind. Your family. Call to love one another serve one another, and this is not something we just talk about. It, it begins with you doing just that. Love with your eyes, for instance. Start noticing each other. Someone standing on the fringe, go to them. Make the approach. Look at them. Uh, observe if you're seeing troubled looks in people's faces. Love with your mouth. Ask good questions and be prepared then to let them respond. Talk kindly to one another and encourage and affirm. How about loving with your ears? God gave us two ears and one mouth for a good reason. You can do a lot of love with your ears. Listen to that person. Pay attention. Be interested. 
Make them feel as if they are the most important person on the planet as they talk with you. Love them with your hands and feet. It might be through service. It might be through writing them a card to encourage them. Or going just to be with them. Not needing to say anything. Just being present. Let your feet carry over. But be committed enough to show up and do for one another. That's what it means to love one another. And it's not always convenient, and it's sometimes painful, and it's sometimes uh, not something that even gets noticed or gets a word of thanks or appreciation for, but that's what Jesus was talking about when he called us his family. Perfect? No. No, no, no. No such thing as a perfect family as you know, this side of heaven. Because we're all sinners. We have a tendency to fall and fail at this. Look out for number one all too often. But what a vision of what could be for this broken world. Think of it. Look at how they love each other. I want some of that. Jesus knew that. He said, Love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples. Love one another and let your light shine, and people will give glory to your Father in heaven. I like the image that I came across of the churches, like a, when it comes to this being a family, it's like a bad high school band. God will use the imperfect us with our imperfect love to display his glory. Earl Palmer, a former pastor once countered critics who rail against the church for being hypocritical and scandalous and irrelevant, said when Californians Milpitas High School Orchestra attempts Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, the result is appalling. He said, I wouldn't be surprised if the performance made old Ludwig roll over in his grave despite his deafness. You might ask, so why bother? Why inflict on those poor kids the terrible burden of trying to render what the immortal Beethoven had in mind? Not even the great Chicago Symphony Orchestra can attain that perfection. Palmer writes, my answer is this. The Milpitas High School Orchestra will give some people in that audience, and this will be their only encounter with Beethoven's great Ninth Symphony. Far from perfection, it is nevertheless the only way they will hear Beethoven's great message. And what he's saying there is, Palmer is pointing out that the only way a starving, thirsty, deluded, and suffering world will ever hear the music of the gospel is through the family of Christ. Arguably the worst high school orchestra ever to appear on the bandstand. But it's God's orchestra. It's God's ragtime, ragtag, big band. And he's chosen to use us as his family to attract others in. Church! This is us. We're family. Love one another. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, let's pray. Lord, how good it is to be a part of your family with all the privileges and responsibilities that come with it. Help us by the power of your Holy Spirit to treasure our family, to be sons and daughters who love one another as Christ has loved us to work towards building the family up and keeping it strong in faith and hope and love, 
so that we might bring you glory and honor in our world. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way. May he go behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message will help you to love others in spite of our differences. For we are all one family, brothers and sisters who have been redeemed by Christ at the cross. Christian Crusaders' first program aired on September 6th in 1936 as an hour-long broadcast of the worship service at Trinity Lutheran Church in Waterloo, Iowa. Its purpose was to serve the community of believers who were unable to attend services. Eighty years later, our purpose remains the same today. We are grateful to our listeners and supporters who have helped us continue serving the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world through radio airwaves, the internet, and satellite. If today's program has spoken to you and you are able to do so, we ask that you consider making a contribution to this ministry so we can continue to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to listeners across the country. Address your letters of support to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. If you've not yet been able to do so, we encourage you to visit our redesigned, colorful new website where you can find both a printed and audio copy of today's message, as well as many recent messages. Visit us online today at christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you are able to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and Speaker on Christian Crusaders, now beginning its 82nd year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.